0: Welcome to The Juggling Act, a podcast to help parents doing the juggle, hosted by me, Jules Robinson. And me, Mel Wilson. We are joined today by Gogglebox star, Isabel Silbury. She is back on the podcast and she's talking about the heartbreak of being away from her son after separating from her husband.
1: On a little side note, I'm actually reading their book at the moment. I finished it. How good it is, is it? It's so good. I'm halfway through and yep. I'm just just—I'm really enjoying flicking from... Different years. Different generations. Uh, yeah, different
0: generations, all their stories. It's a yeah, brilliant book. It's so clever. I absolutely tore through it. I had yeah. to DM her and just say, I can't put, I genuinely cannot put this yeah, book down. it's really beautiful. Can't wait
1: to chat to her. And we discuss why the bond with grandparents is so, so special.
0: Um, but, Jules, I had a super boring group chat with some mum friends the other day. What about what? It just got me thinking about how boring adulting is sometimes. So, someone <laughs> randomly just posted, has anyone else got fruit flies right now? And I was like totally thought. Seriously, what
1: the fuck is it with fruit flies?
0: Oh, my God, they're Like they're everywhere, everywhere in my house. Yeah, right? Yeah. And-
1: my husband even said this morning, no one ever lied. He's like, what's with these fruit flies? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I've literally been thinking we need to get the whole house yeah. fumigated, like with a proper tent from over oh, the no. whole
0: thing. So I tried. I even booked in to get my house, like, what's bug sprayed. What's going on? And they were like, we can't do anything for fruit flies. So I thought it was just my house until this message popped up in the WhatsApp chat. Me and too. then it was like... Lit, totally lit about bloody fruit flies. And everyone was like, I tried this and then I tried this. And then someone else went, oh, I just thought it was my fruit. So I have tried. This is how boring the chat is. But given it is a problem that is extended outside of my house, I will share my fruit fly knowledge with you. So some people were saying that they'd been covering their fruit and that hadn't quite worked. So I looked up a couple of natural remedies. And the one thing, there's two things that worked. The first thing that worked was a bowl of apple cider vinegar with a couple of drops of dishwashing liquid in it. Just leave it out wherever they want. Oh, you invented hang that?
1: Up. I'm just going to try this today.
0: <laughs> I always wanted that. I'm like, how <laughs> did that happen? Uh, and it becomes like this morbid fascination where I'll wake up the next morning and be like, ooh, how many bugs are in there? Uh, and then that stopped working for a bit. So then I tried leaving out a bottle of wine with just a tiny little bit of wine in the bottle. Is that really was-
1: hard for you not to? to? drink it? It
0: (laughs) killed me. (laughs) It killed me. You have no idea. Uh, So that worked really well for a while. So white wine or red wine? It was red. Okay. I don't know if it matters. I'm not sure they're picky. But turns out my fruit flies are lushes as well because that absolutely worked and there was like heaps drowning in there. And then that just stopped working. Yeah. So then I've gone back to the vinegar and the detergent and now it's working again. But... Come on, you, I don't know
2: where they come Why from.
0: why is
1: this happening to Sydney? <laughs> Cuz it's no. it's gross. And if it's not that, it's mold from it's all this molds. rain. I have to yeah. go through my whole wardrobe or my handbags. I was like, "What?" Oh. I know. Like beautiful handbags destroyed. So you can't do anything about oh, it. Oh, I've cleaned them, but yeah. like still they've
0: got that staining. You know macky. that there's
1: like mold, there's some fungus somewhere. And yeah. I guess that it's been so damp, hasn't yeah. it?
0: I think that's it. It's just been raining for so long that I think all the bugs and everything are just having a like little meltdown and yeah. just trying to come inside and escape it. But even a I friend no. of mine. I say no to I say no. Fuck off, fruit you. flies. <laughs> um, so a friend of mine has had to go and get like chest x-rays and stuff because her place has been getting, the mould has been getting so bad in there. She rents and it's been coming through like a little section of the window and she just can't dry her house out. My front out. door
1: won't even open. Because it's warm. Because the, the the water like it just got so expanded, like, and um, apparently that's another thing that's been happening a bit because there was just so much water. I yeah. mean, hey, in the scheme of things, we're doing really well this in Sydney true. compared to most of Australia, so we shouldn't yeah. complain. But it's just all these little things that are happening now after from the awful weather we've been having. I just
0: want to know where they're coming from because I grew up in country Victoria in an area that's with quite, five people. With five people, we've gone from fifteen
1: to ten to five. <laughs>
0: They're dropping like fruit flies. (laughs) So it's quite near uh, an orchard area. So it's not too far from Mildura. So it's where there's a lot of like um, whatever you call them, farms that grow fruit, oranges and, you know, apples and all that kind of stuff. So there's fruit fly exclusion zones around. So you can't take fruit from certain areas on the road as you're crossing. And there's bins on the side of the road where you have to stop and throw them out. And it was always really interesting because some kids who came to my school lived across the border, and that was a fruit fly exclusion zone. So they could never bring fruit in their lunchbox because you had to chuck it out at the border. <laughs> oh and my god! I never used to take I just it. I love the rules and regulations of
1: Country Bumpkin <laughs> Land.
0: <laughs> Sounds I riveting. Banana here. <laughs> It's quite serious for them if, like, they get a fruit fly infestation. And now I get it. <laughs> now I understand. <laughs> but if you just Hit went to a vineyard and there's all these bottles of what, empty bottle wine, of wine like, yeah, <laughs>
1: just drink <laughs> that all day. <laughs> Coming up after the break, we're joined by Isabel Silbury on why she applied for her family to appear on the TV show Gogglebox.
0: Well, I am super excited to welcome today's guest back to The Juggling Act. Isabel Silbury is one of the stars of Gogglebox Australia, alongside her incredible mum, Kerry, and her rock star, Nan, Emmy. And now the three generations of amazing women have released a memoir that I could not Put Down. It is called Out of the Box and Izzy's with us now. Hello, lovely. Hi, thanks for having me on. Oh my goodness. I couldn't wait to get you back on. Honestly, (laughs) and as I said to you off air, this is not lip service. That book, I just adored the perspective of all three of you from the three different topics. But how did you come up with the idea? Because it kind of ties in nicely, but it's also your separate stories. It's, It's really clever. I've never read anything like it.
2: Yeah, it's a pretty unique book. I mean, it all started with me helping Emmy with her memoirs um, back when I was pregnant. And, yeah, I was just really passionate about getting her story down. She has such an incredible life story just in itself, just to have in our family. Um, And then fast forward all these years later, we got approached by a publisher, a female publisher, who was just saw a vision of of the three of us and an interwoven memoir, not like a boring historical one, but, yeah, a memoir where we could tackle like certain issues and the female shared experience and, and have our three different points of view
0: on it. Yeah because it's not chronological even though it sort of starts off I guess with your childhoods but then it does kind of cover off topics like relationship and career and money and sex and all of those kind of conversations that women should be having but I also loved that you talked about why you wanted to apply for Gogglebox because we don't see women of your mom and your nan's age and I just love that you're Nan just feel like she's been given a voice again, and that she's relevant and that someone wants to hear what she has to say. And I had such a close relationship with my own Nan, and it really, took me back into that space. She's sadly passed away now, but she's also from country Victoria, not too far from Mildura, where your nan grew up. Uh, and it just uh, left me with a, like, a gorgeous, warm, fuzzy feeling and wanting to pass the book on to my mum, first of all, but then all of my gorgeous girlfriends. And there's not really a question there. It's just, that's just a statement.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And some people are describing it like a tapestry of of stories like passed down the generations and, you know, no matter what, what family you come from, we all have it. Right. And, you know, I think it's just even writing the book altogether was a reminder of, you know, valuing the, the generations who have come before us. Um, and if they are still alive, if we're lucky to still have them, you know, to start having these conversations and questioning them and they've just got so much to tell and to share. And yeah. It's just, I hope that it kind of inspires other families to start doing
0: that. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to know, you talked about when you sort of started writing it together, how did that process go? Because I wondered whether you all sort of went away and wrote it separately or whether you wrote one chapter each and then came back together, or did you just read what the other had written right at the end? How did it all work?
2: Yeah. So it was during lockdown, even though we live around the corner from each other, we couldn't see each other. And so we would go, we, we pick a theme for a chapter. So say feminism or money or, you know, dating, you know, after 60 or whatever. Um, and we'd all go away and write about it. And then we pick up the phone and read each other's chapters to each other. And it was really confronting because, you know, I'd be listening to like my mum's story and I'd be like, Oh my God, I didn't know that you felt like that. And that really wasn't, my perspective on it and then yeah we were just like comparing sort of it's like that um that show the slap where yeah where it's like all different people's point of view of the same thing yeah um yeah so it was eye-opening for all three of us in itself um there were lots of tears lots of rehashing of of past traumas um it's like therapy it was like therapy it brought us so much closer.
0: Oh god, I didn't even think that was possible. Was there stuff outside of, I guess, that different perspectives on things? But were there things that your mum and your nan read out, and you were like, "Oh my Lord, I did not know that."
2: Yeah. Well, I didn't realise that my grandma had such a intense um, dating escapades after <laughs> the marriage ended. <laughs> um, I didn't realize I mean you know she was making up for lost time she was you good know, she girl was a I loved that when she got married and she, yeah. she to work out and, and out she went and I was like oh I'm so proud of you because um, a lot of women of that age you know she was 50 just don't think that they're, they're done worth yeah dad. And yeah. they're
0: not done. No, yeah. just starting to live life. What is it? and you new thirty. That's what I'm going Absolutely. with. Um, so it sounds like it was quite a cathartic experience for all of you. Was it? Was it difficult though? In some parts, was it? Was yeah. there kind of bits where you had to stop and think, like, do I want that in there? Do I want to rip that scab off?
2: Yeah, it was. It was hard. And because you know, I think all three of us talk about our marriages breaking down, and so you know, reliving and rehashing you know, those raw emotions when all three of us have sort of processed it and, you know, have have come out the other side as different women now. But, you know, um, just even thinking as the daughter, you know, how much it hurt my mum and my grandma seeing me so upset and, you know, you just feel all the guilt, and then like, oh, you were holding it together to support me and I was trying to protect you and it's all this, like, mother-daughter protection. And oh, so complicated. That.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That mother-daughter relationship, it really is a complex one. And now as a mother of a daughter, whether of a girl myself, I can see that kind of playing out and that, yeah, the You're right, that just the way that you view things and the different ways that you approach things, not just even from a personality perspective, but also a generational perspective. Because I know my, my grandmother gave up her firstborn for adoption. And then my mom got pregnant really young with me. And so, and then you're, like you said, you're kind of almost conscious of the patterns that have gone before you then when you're living your life. I know you sent me a DM asking me when I first started reading it, which bits of the book really resonated. And I messaged you back and said, when you talked about the heartbreak of being away from your son after you first separated, and I was in tears reading those paragraphs because even though it was five years ago for me it's still so real and it's still something that I go through five years later every single time the kids go to their dads for the weekend is that something that you've managed to come to terms with or is it something that is still as raw for you as the you know first time you had to do it
2: I wouldn't say it's as raw but I don't think I'll ever be okay with yeah it. um it just it makes me cry even now yeah you know, after just you know the easters the christmases the the you know the first footy games and and things like that that i'm i never thought that i wouldn't be there for and you know even just just coming to terms with the fact like any separated parent that's sharing their kids it's like i'm only going to get half of his life that Mm. i get to see and be there for and that's just not what i you know signed up for when i had a child um and it's really hard but i i just yeah focus on what i can control and when he's with me i really make the most of that time and i really don't take it for granted and i reckon i don't know about you i'm a better mum when i'm with him because i've had some time 100% off.
0: Yep. yeah yeah Totally. I'm with you. I try to focus on those silver linings because I'm like, well, that time away from you gives me that chance to reset and I can do a little bit of cooking or get the cleaning done or the groceries, like all that boring stuff so that when you are with them, you are a hundred percent present. But you're right. You don't go into having kids to only spend 50% of your time with them and, and seeing you kind of well up. Then I just dropped my son off at school this morning and I got teary just watching him walk off because they're going to their dad's this weekend. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's the same thing. I'm like, I'm not going to see you for three days now. And while on one hand it is nice because I can have lunch with my friends and I can, yeah. you know, go and do stuff for me, it still just doesn't feel natural right. to be Absolutely. walking away from your child yeah. like that.
2: It, it, I don't think it will ever feel normal like or okay. Even, yeah, going on holidays without him, Um, having family over for dinner without him, you know, going to like other people's family barbecues and they're like, oh, is Lulu not here? And I'm like, no, he's not, you know, and I'm like, I should have, I should be here with my kids. Like,
0: Yeah, totally. I feel you. But you just got married again in Feb. The photos are so divine. And and asking for a friend, did you ever think (laughs) way back then that you would ever meet an amazing man and, and walk down the aisle again?
2: I think I was quite pessimistic and and probably quite realistic too. In that, for my future and for my child's future, I wasn't just going to let anyone in this time. Like yeah. I was like, no, no, no. The like, bar has
0: been raised, people. Just letting you really know.
2: And also. <laughs> really i really enjoyed my life like my single life i enjoyed you know being a single mum and and try you know managing my life the way i wanted to so meeting yeah alex was just like i was like well oh, i like I, I like him but you know he, this has got to be pretty good for mm. him to be introduced to my kid and for this to be a, a, a thing um and yeah i didn't expect it to be and it, it was and just to see how he interacts with my with my son i was just like tick, you know, um, if, if, if there's anything I can do for my son is, is have a great relationship with him. But also if I can bring in a male role model that I wish, you know, for him, and if that's going to make him a better, better boy and a better man, I'm like all for
0: it. Yeah. I agree.
2: Demonstrate a really good, positive, healthy, relationship Relationship. between me and my partner. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I know. It's so refreshing, I think, almost when you have been married and you have had a child, because from my perspective, it feels like it takes that pressure off. And so then suddenly you're like, well, anybody that I spend my time with now, like I really want to spend time with them because I'd, I'd said to a friend, I think dating now as a single parent and meeting someone is like the icing on the cake. It's not the whole cake. And I think sometimes you can slip into that pattern before you've had kids or before you get married. Cause as a woman, you kind of got that, that clock ticking and, and, you know, I'll admit it, I made a bad choice that didn't end out the way that I thought. And now you're what you want out of a relationship completely changes. And I think like you just mentioned, you know, it kind of took the pressure off, I guess, away. Cause you were like, well, I don't know if this is going to be a thing. And then it was, and I remember the last time we spoke, I'm still laughing about how we were saying like, it's so funny how guys would be like texting, you know, when you're dating and they'll be like, what are you eating tonight? And you're like, oh, fuck, like leftover pasta that my kid didn't eat while I stand here in my like It's actually not sexy. It's so funny dating as a single parent. It's very weird. Um, But I'm so happy for you. The book is amazing. You have so many incredible things going on in your life. And please give my massive congratulations to your mum and your nan because the book is fabulous. Um, Do yourselves a favor, go out, grab a copy just in time for Mother's Day. It is called Out of the Box. And you can also catch up on these three amazing women on the new season of Gogglebox, which is streaming right now on Foxtel On Demand. Izzy, lots of love to you and the fam. So lovely to chat to you again.
2: Thanks, Val and Jules. Love you guys.
0: I just, I, I can't speak any more highly of that book. I absolutely loved the perspective of the grandmother. How, Like she's in her mid-90s and she's just had this incredible life. But I just loved how you could hear that bond that comes through between Isabel and her grandmother. And it got me thinking about why that bond is so special between a child. And a grandparent, because I've talked about this before. I'm super, super close to Mm. my grandmother on my mum's side, my mum's mum. Growing up, we lived next door to her and she was just that one that was always there, like with a hug and without judgment of anything. And I think they just, because they don't have to be the disciplinarians. They're not the ones that have to put Mm. the boundaries in place. And they're also not finding their own way of how to parent because you know when you first have kids you don't really know what you're doing whereas they've been there and done that and I think there's a real beauty in just them then being able to relax and just actually enjoy that time with their grandchildren without all the other pressures Mm. of diet and sleep and teaching them to be good people they can just kind of Enjoy each other's company.
1: Yeah. It's but it's also that, that generation of grandmothers, you know, like around our age, like it is a different breed of women, right? Yeah. And I, I feel like it, you it's know, nurturing. like it may be one of those things where it's like, oh, they don't make them like they used to, you know, like because yeah. it was different. They're around the war and they were, they were about families and cooking and that's what mm. their role was. And they're just such leaders of the table as well. Even yeah. though, like with my grandparents, my nana, like she was head of the table and she was just really? that woman. Yeah. As in, like she She's just matriarch of the family. Yeah. She yeah. just, yeah. this was the one you went to she was the one that looked after you she was the kindest person in the world she mm. knitted she sewed she she baked like all those kind of stereotypes of like the, the perfect grandmother yeah. but she really was like no one would ever say a bad word about her yeah. and she was just absolutely beautiful so um it is it is a special bond. Um, My son currently eyes my mum off every time he sees.
0: I that. was just going to say what's their
1: relationship like. <laughs> it's really funny mum actually on Easter she was like because I, I kind of dig her about it because I look at him looking at you because he just kind of looks at her like what are you about and he doesn't do that with many people and it's really yeah. funny yeah with my dad, he just laughs at, but it is, it, there is, I mean, that would change, it's just he's so young, he doesn't know what he's doing, but I think mum's getting
0: a little bit upset right now, <laughs> like, he doesn't take like me. <laughs> yeah. It's like um, Cam trying to make him hold his hand on the beach. Yes! And that that he yeah. He's so, like, independent yeah. and yes. kind of strong-willed, isn't yeah.
1: he? Yeah, he won't hold your hand. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Oh, that would break but me. No, I it still is make a, my kids a, hold mine. What's that? I still make my kids hold mine. Yeah, <laughs> He even well, did at the airport with my daughter.
1: <laughs> but Cam's mum, um, yeah, she, she has a cute little bond with... But yeah, it's just this beautiful thing, isn't it, grandparents?
0: Yeah. There was a beautiful poem that I read out actually at my grandmother's memorial that was about that special bond between grandparents where it's just that kind of pure, innocent love without any of the shackles of life around it. And it's so special to have, I think. It's Mm. hard then when you're away from them like we are as well. So I think I'm really grateful that they make so much effort to, you know, really make sure that they're in their lives because – It's gorgeous to be able to have them to have that person outside of you as their parental figure in their lives to have that person to go to for advice and just... And look after them. And that, so that we can go out and drink margaritas.
1: There's baby butlers, (laughs) baby butler grandma. So we don't have to pay. (laughs) That's all from us today. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, review, share the love and join our Facebook group, Working Mums Australia. Till next time.